Hey there, today is the day Rachel Notley announced she's calling the Alberta election. It'll happen four weeks from today, April 16th, and uh, I think she's going to get slaughtered. Um, I think Albertans have grown to despise the NDP. I don't even think it's a hot passion anymore. I think it's just a, a cold as ice heart. Uh, 200,000 unemployed, uh, Calgary, the largest unemployment rate in the country, no pipelines. I just don't even think there's any, uh, it's like a, they're not even bickering anymore. It's like an old couple. They just, they, they're not even fighting anymore. It's just done. Rachel Notley's going to try and smear Jason Kenney about this and that, and she might even have a few good points to make, but I think it's over. I'll, I'll tell you about that, and more importantly, I'll tell you about how we're going to conduct ourselves in the election, including Sheila Gunn Reed's new book. Oh my gosh, I interview her next. So listen to the monologue, and then listen to Sheila. By the way, I would be so grateful if you became a premium subscriber to The Rebel. Uh, this audio podcast is free, but the show, including the visual images that we put a lot of effort into, is eight bucks a month. And you know, I think it's worth it. If you go to the rebel.media slash shows, you can sign up for eight bucks a month. Or if you sign up for the whole year, it's just 80 bucks. And um, it helps keep the lights on here. So please consider doing that. And by the way, if you like the podcast, please give us a good rating. All right, without further ado, here is my show on Alberta's election. Tonight, Rachel Notley has called an election for four weeks from today. What can Albertans expect? It's March 19th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon Ezra. consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. Today, Rachel Notley dropped the rent and called the election for Alberta. My friends, it is time for an election. Are you ready? <laughs> My name is Rachel Notley, and I am running to be your premier again. <laughs> that cute kid holding her hands over her ears. That would be me. That was her announcement. She did it in Calgary, which is, I, I guess, a courageous move in itself. According to every poll published for months, Notley and her NDP are about to lose very, very badly. Wiped out in Calgary. Reduced to fringe party status in rural Alberta and cut down to a rump in Edmonton. There are 87 ridings in Alberta. In the 2015 election, Notley won 54 seats. I predict, are you ready for my prediction? I predict they'll get just 20 seats this time. Maybe fewer now. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. We'll check back with you in 28 days. It's mainly about the economy, I think. While world oil prices have rebounded, and other oil jurisdictions, including North Dakota, which is not very far away, or Texas, they're booming again. Alberta has the highest unemployment outside of Atlantic Canada. How is that even possible? How is it possible that Calgary, the most educated city in Canada, the most trained city, the most work-oriented city in Canada. How can it have the highest unemployment rate in Calgary? And it's about to get worse, by the way. In fact, there's a second recession coming to the province. Of course there is. I'm deeply worried that rebounding won't even be that easy. You know, our biggest energy customer, the United States, is now our biggest competitor. U.S. oil and gas production is at record levels. They're now a net exporter of energy. They're not only exporting energy to foreign countries, but even into Eastern Canada, too. Is that crazy or what? Most of the problem is the ban on oil 
pipelines in Canada. Not only herself has been against oil pipelines for years. That's her on the left there. She's protesting against them. No tar sands, no tankers, no pipelines, no problem. That's her on the left. But here she is as premier, still railing against them. And God forbid if Alberta were to export crude oil. Remember this? Our position on the Keystone was that if we ship uh, unprocessed bitumen to Texas, according to this government and to the American government, we will give tens of thousands of Alberta jobs to Texas, not to Albertans, and that's not what Albertans want to see. <laughs> that was her railing against the Keystone Excel pipeline. She was also against the Northern Gateway pipeline. She didn't lift a finger to support the last two pipelines that were killed, Energy East or the Trans Mountain Expansion. They were both killed. Uh, she was against them in her heart, I presume, because she didn't say a word about them with her mouth. She didn't go to Quebec or BC to campaign for them. Now today in her election announcement, she claimed to be pro-pipeline. I just don't think anyone believes it though. What we have done is we have pushed hard we have pushed the federal government to buy the pipeline. We have uh, uh, talked to Canadians from coast to coast to coast to build support for that pipeline. We have moved the dial in terms of the priority that Canadians across the country uh, place on getting that pipeline built. And I think that we will get it built, and I will keep talking to Canadians. I will keep pushing people in BC. I will keep pushing the federal government, and we will make darn sure that thing gets built. It is absolutely fundamental to Albertans' futures and to Canadians. The kid with her hands on her ears was uh, shown out, I guess. Uh, I just don't believe that she supports pipelines, by the way. Today she talked about Bill C-69. That's Trudeau's proposed law that would put any new pipeline or major industrial project, even the mine, for example, through a gender analysis. I'm sorry, I can't say that without laughing, but it's no laughing matter. And I'm not even kidding. Remember this? Project's decisions will be based on science, evidence, and Indigenous traditional knowledge. We're also taking a bigger picture look at the potential impacts of a proposed project. Instead of just looking at the environmental impacts, we'll look at how a project could affect our communities and health, jobs and the economy over the long term, and we'll also do a gender-based analysis. A gender-based analysis. Yeah, Natalie's fine with that. Uh, she's pretty much okay with all of that. She's okay with even the carbon tax even though it didn't buy the social license to put through pipelines as she promised it would. In fact, the only thing she's positively done, besides putting in a carbon tax, raising carbon taxes, corporate taxes, and generally demonizing the industry, is to literally ban Alberta oil companies from producing oil, ordering them to produce less. So yeah, I don't think people are buying it, that she loves oil and gas. But 28 days is a long time in politics, especially during a campaign. I'm, I'm just worried. Alberta's been flat on its back for four years. Even if Notley is thrown out, there's still the pipeline problem. Yesterday, in his latest cabinet shuffle, Justin Trudeau promoted Joyce Murray, a far-left Vancouver liberal, who campaigned hard against pipelines and against the oil sands. Uh, she called them obsolete. She called them Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, really, pipeline Stone Age. Don't expect any new pipelines in a hurry if that's your cabinet minister. So in the past four years, while Alberta's been in the fetal position, the rest of the world has rebounded in oil and gas. I'm worried we might have missed the moment in Canada, like Canada did with the delayed Mackenzie Valley pipeline. Red tape and green environmentalists delayed that for so long, for decades actually, that it's dead. It was finally approved legally, 
But now it's dead economically. The price of natural gas will probably never be high enough anymore to justify that pipeline now because fracking has caused natural gas to be so cheap. So, yeah, uh, the North is waiting for that $20 billion McKenzie pipeline. It's just not going to happen. They missed their moment. I don't think it's quite that bad for Alberta oil, but in fact, the National Energy Board has reported that oil production in Canada is falling for the first time in a decade. Canada has the third largest oil reserves in the world. World oil demand has never been higher, and yet we're producing less? Like Venezuela is producing less now, too, for similar reasons. Notley has no clue what to do. If you take her at her word that she actually supports oil and gas, but like I say, I don't think she really does. I, I knew this early. I, I read her first speech in Washington, D.C. four years ago. She didn't mention pipelines at all in that trip. You go to Washington, it's pretty much all an Alberta premier has to say in Washington, buy our oil, and she wouldn't. She prefers to talk about wind turbines and solar panels, and she did that again today. We're also investing and moving forward very aggressively on uh, our Made in Alberta energy diversification program. That, too, will ultimately bring about jobs, and in the longer term, it will make, leave our economy more resilient, more resilient to the inevitable ups and downs with respect to uh, oil prices. Would Silicon Valley diversify away from high-tech? Yeah, We've got to get rid of all these high-tech companies. Diversify. Let's get into logging. Would Hollywood diversify away from movies? Yeah, we've got to get out of this movie business. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll make cars here in Hollywood. No, no, um, those are gold mines. It's insane for Alberta, sitting on 173 billion barrels of oil, in the oil sense, to diversify away from oil. But that's her plan. You'll recall she had a sham press conference a month ago where she said she was going to give a $400 million loan guarantee to an oil upgrader project, and the entire media party reported it like stenographers. Not least said, quote, construction was already underway. But remember, our Sheila Gunn-Reed went to the site and saw it's just a snow-covered field. Hasn't been any activity there in a decade. The president of the company himself confirmed to me directly they're not even hiring anyone, let alone the construction's underway. The whole thing remains a dream, a pipe dream. So yeah, there's no recovery for Alberta. Unless you're part of Alberta's massive and growing government sector that's never been bigger. Funny how that works. I think most government sector workers will be there for Notley, not just to vote, but to volunteer and to donate as third-party campaign groups. They know what side their bread is buttered on. But I bet that even some Albertans who work for the government know that even their own jobs are in peril if the economy keeps failing. As Margaret Thatcher said about socialism, sooner or later you run out of other people's money. I think that's the beginning and the end of it. Notley has harmed Alberta's key industry, both substantively and rhetorically. She hasn't stood up to Trudeau in any way, or to her fellow NDP or John Horgan in BC or Jagmeet Singh federally. I think that's actually all there is to know. But there are other reasons I think she'll lose, too. Not least war on family farms, requiring farm kids to be treated like unionized workers, for example. It's nuts. It is unanimously despised by farmers and ranchers, which is the point. Notley hates them because they're the freest of Albertans, the least socialist of Albertans. And then there's her war against parents in the schools, especially a war against Christian schools. Test scores are plummeting in Alberta, but she's going full tilt with her ideological Re-education, here's a picture of her, this is just crazy. In school, do you see that book she's reading? It's a communist propaganda tract. 
called Mouseland. It's, it's a socialist book. She's reading it. She's not hiding it, folks. She's, she goes into schools and read communist books. And you know her education minister, David Egan. I mean, he's this kook. Remember him? No new approvals. No new approvals. No new approvals. No new approvals. That was him chanting no more approvals to the oil sands. So, yeah, um, they're awful. They were an accidental government elected by accident when Albertans decided all at the same time that they hated and couldn't trust the late Jim Prentice, who was then the progressive conservative premier, and Daniel Smith, who was then the Wild Rose opposition leader. Because the two of them, Smith and Prentice, had cooked up a backroom deal between them. Just to remind you, Prentice had a majority. He was going to win another majority. Smith was the opposition to Prentice's right, which is refreshing. It was great, actually. She might even have been premier. Either way, it would be good. But then they cut a secret deal together. Do you remember this? Where half the Wild Rose opposition defected to join the government just weeks before the election. It was an obvious attempt to deprive Albertans of any real choice. Albertans were so mad about this, they punished both parties for trying to destroy democracy by voting for the NDP. It was a disgrace and it was a punishment. But alas, the greatest punishment was meted out against Albertans themselves who have suffered under the NDP for four years. So now we have Jason Kenney leading the United Conservative Party, or the UCP. He first ran as leader of the PCs. Then he merged with Brian Jean's Wild Rose Party. And then he won the leadership of that United Party. And now here he comes. He has lots of experience and staff inherited from his time as a Harper cabinet minister. But now comes news of all sorts of Prentice-like tricks. Apparently, Jason Kenney met secretly with a spoiler leadership candidate for the UCP named Jeff Calloway, who also ran for the UCP leadership, but his job was to be a kamikaze against Brian Jean, saying awful things about Jean so that Kenney didn't have to, and then he'd drop out and back Kenney at the last minute. In a well-timed series of leaks, details of those backroom deals have been leaked everywhere, to the CBC, to McLean's magazine. It looks really bad on Kenny. There may even be some violations of the law, I don't know. But my point a moment ago about the secret deal between Prentice and Danielle Smith to remove a real electoral choice to the people, that point remains. Why are you being tricky? Why are you trying to be too clever? Why are you trying to pull a fast one over the electorate? Why not just run? Surely Jason Kenny was going to steamroll everything anyways. Why the need for shenanigans? It truly feels like some students union level hijinks. Why not just campaign on the obvious huge elephant in the room? Rachel Notley and her NDP destroyers have wrecked the province and Kenny, <clears throat> he's a former Harper cabinet minister and former Canadian Taxpayers Federation director who knows how to fix it. And he's actually run part of a government before a normal conservative government like Harper. Why not just say that? Why all tricky and schemy? So dumb. What? Did he need to win the leadership with 75% instead of the 61% he got? He, he almost doubled Brian Jean. What a foolish indulgence, that trickery. And I note that all the mainstream media to whom Kenny has prostrated himself, himself these past few years are happy to devour him. You might recall that two years ago, Jason Kenny denounced 3,000 unemployed oil and gas workers at a rebel rally uh, outside the legislature. He called them ridiculous and offensive when they made a 30-second jokey chant of locker up outside the Alberta legislature. This was an homage to the Trump rally saying the same about Hillary Clinton. Kenny thought he'd appease the fancy people at the CBC and push away the grassroots unemployed who were not protesting their unemployment politely enough. 
Kenny did it again this year when he criticized the United We Rule convoy and refused to meet with it. Uh, even Andrew Scheer met with it. Even Doug Ford met with it. He, Kenny just sent out some weird passive-aggressive tweet. I'm glad, I'm glad you're staying positive for once. <laughs> Shut up. You know, it reminds me, it reminds me of 20 years ago. I worked at the National Post. I was on the editorial board of the National Post. Can I tell you a story? When some of the red Tories on the, on the, on the board, the editorial board, would pitch, pitch some worthy downtown Toronto idea, I would, there was debates in the National Post editorial board, and I would answer by saying, we already have a Globe and Mail. It wasn't even an insult. It was a fact. Why would there be a need for a National Post newspaper that said exactly what the Globe and Mail was going to say? Do you see my point? My analogy is, what is the point of a UCP leader who is as mealy-mouthed and timid as, well, I don't know, in some cases, not only herself. Jason Kenney supported her plans to nationalize the pipeline, at least at first. He supported her plans to put a cap, production cap on the oil sands. What's the point? We already have an NDP. How about be conservative? Well, the race is on, and it's clear that Notley is opening up a personal front against Kenny, calling him an untrustworthy liar. Two days ago, we learned that Mr. Kenny cheated to win his party's leadership. And when he was caught, he didn't tell the truth. Mr. Kenny looked Albertans in the eye and very casually and very comfortably lied to us which in many ways goes to the heart of this issue, how comfortable Mr. Kenny is with lying. And the well-timed news about Jason Kenny's secret arrangements with Jeff Calloway, that other candidate, that stalking horse candidate, they, they gave Notley a basis to make those claims of Kenny being a liar. Personally, I, I just don't think they matter enough to Albertans, though, not when 200,000 people are out of work in provinces heading into a second NDP recession. I, I just don't think people care enough about shenanigans. I think the enthusiasm level for Kenny personally is probably way down. I think his likability is probably way down. I think people will start to look at Jason Kenny as a BSer, maybe an Ottawa slickster. That's what the NDP has been saying about him for years. I don't think people will love him as they might have. But that's fine. No one loved Stephen Harper. They just voted for him because he got the job done. Hopefully, Kenny will do that. And what will we do here at the Rebel? Well, we've had an important role these past four years in Alberta, if I may say so myself. You might recall the emergency town hall meetings we had to packed houses in Calgary, in Edmonton, Fort McMurray, warning about the NDP's true colors. Those warnings all came true and more. Sheila Gunn-Reed published what I think was the best selling Alberta political book of all time called The Destroyers, doing a deep biography of Notley's key staff and their awful backgrounds. She broke a lot of news in that book. Sheila followed up with another best-selling book about David Suzuki, one of Notley's key allies in the war against the oil sands. Notley grew to hate Sheila very personally. You'll recall, Notley sent an armed sheriff to stop Sheila from even stepping onto the legislature grounds, a clearly illegal act by Notley that she finally abandoned in the face of national scorn. Notley, of course, is trying to take a run at us again, complaining to her own hand-picked elections commissioner to shut us down for having critical commentaries about her. She said this just uh, the other week about us. You work for an organization that uh, probably ought to be registered as a third party under the elections uh, legislation, and so I have nothing more to say to that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, we don't back down so easily. So I'm delighted to announce that we're publishing a new book by Sheila Gunn-Reed. And I think it's going to be her best-selling book yet. It's called simply Stop Notley, The Case for Throwing Out the NDP. And you can order it right now on Amazon.ca. It's a short book. It's just under 25,000 words, but it is jam-packed with facts. Facts that the mainstream media have not told you about these past four years. It quickly recaps the highlights from Sheila's book, The Destroyers, and then gives you three more years of facts on top of that. It's a great read. I just finished reading it myself. Yeah, it's $5 as an ebook or 10 bucks as a paperback. Again, you can get that on Amazon.ca or you could go to stopnotly.com. And while you're there, you can order a lawn sign to promote the book. What do you think of that? That is an actual lawn sign in the wild. Obviously, we can't put a 25,000-word argument against Notley on a lawn sign or even on a big billboard. But if you put up the lawn sign, uh, you can send a clear enough message in those two words, even if someone's driving by quickly, stopnotley.com. But more importantly, you can tell people how to get around the mainstream media, how to get the book directly for just five bucks as an e-book, 10 bucks as a paperback. So you can do both of those things on stopnotley.com. You can get the book and you can get the lawn sign to promote the book. I think that Jason Kenney has made some big mistakes. He's been too clever by half with his backroom deals. They just weren't necessary. And they were too tricky, too gimmicky, not plain and normal. They smack of the weird deal Prentice and Danielle Smith made. Why, why would he even do that? And he has been far too eager to suck up to the leftist media, whether it's bashing us or bashing the pipeline convoy or even his monthly anti-Trump rants, which I think are bizarre and inappropriate given that Donald Trump is probably going to be the only person who built a pipeline for the oil sands in the next five years. I think it's Kenny's attempt to get the CBCs and the McLeans of the world to like him. And as you can see by the wall-to-wall -wall mockery and accusations against him, yeah, that's not working. How about just being a conservative candidate in the most conservative province? There's still time for him to do that. But who knows what else the NDP and their media allies have in store for the weeks ahead. I know what we have in store. A great book by Sheila. A great new part of the team in Calgary, namely Kean Bexty. And a huge swath of Albertans who now get their news from us, not from the state broadcaster or part of Trudeau's bailout media. Let the campaign begin. Stick around, Sheila's next. Are you ready? <laughs> My name is Rachel Notley, and I am running to be your premier again. There you have it, Rachel Notley. And I got to say, put aside her deadly ideology and policies, she comes across as quite a charming lady. She smiles with her eyes. She has a warmth to her that, frankly, Jason Kenney does not. He comes across sometimes as sort of Fred Flintstone, both in his shape, like a weeble a little bit, um, like those little Russian dolls within dolls. And he's always in a bit of a shape. He comes across a bit of a grouch sometimes. And I think for some people, it's that look and feel that they vote for. I think that's how Rachel Notley slipped by last time. People looked at her and said, well, she doesn't look that bad. Abacus Research said 91% of Albertans voted for Rachel Notley last time just because they wanted a change. Well, will Albertans be fooled again? Or has the mass unemployment, the carbon tax, the war on schools, 
and the lack of pipelines made that charm rather hollow. Joining us now to talk about it is our friend Sheila Gunn-Reed. Sheila, great to see you again. Hey, Ezra, thanks for having me on. You know what, Rachel Notley comes across as a nice lady. And I think that goes a long way in politics. It almost got Beto O'Rourke elected uh, the senator for Texas. Um, will it be enough for Rachel Notley in 2019, or is it just things too far gone? Um, I think Rachel Notley's a great actor. I don't think she's a very nice lady, and I think the veil has slipped a few too many times for Albertans to be to be fooled. Um, coming into this election campaign. I don't think any amount of smear campaign on behalf of the NDP and their collaborators in the mainstream media are going to convince Albertans to vote for more carbon taxes, um, more attacks on Christian education, and fewer jobs. You know, I, I immediately accept your correction there, because even in her, I mean, I just watched that again, and I thought, boy, that she came across nicely there. But she quickly descended into mud-throwing, Jason Kenney is a liar. I, I mean, she mm -hmm. can be brutal, and of course, her delegates are even more brutal, and of course, their surrogates are even more brutal. I'm talking about the public sector union-funded front groups in Alberta. I, I take your correction, Sheila. She's a polished a politician, and she comes by it naturally. She, she was the daughter of Grant Notley, a lifelong career politician, so she's learned the craft of public acting. She's learned how to fake sincerity very well. Um, I think you're right. I think she's actually governed quite brutally despite her friendly facade. It's very hard for Albertans to forget just how much she's attacked normal Albertans and how much she's allowed her high-profile cabinet ministers to attack Albertans. Just very recently, we ran our Fire Phillips billboard um, on, the high, on the side of Highway 2. It's still there. It's big, it's beautiful, and it's bold. And we ran that campaign because... Shannon Phillips, the environment minister, lied on several occasions about how violent and how threatening Albertans are in small towns who are opposing her plans to turn their backyard into a provincial park that they can't really use anymore. Albertans have not forgotten how the deputy premier and the health minister called them all a bunch of sewer rats. And Rachel Motley didn't have much to say in defense of normal Albertans. Neither one of those two cabinet ministers faced any sort of real reprimand. They're still cabinet ministers. So while Rachel Notley has crinkly eyes and a nice smile, um, it's just a polished veneer. I accept that. And of course, you have been the recipient of the brunt of her mm -hmm. rage. I remember when you simply wanted to attend at the legislature a few years back, she dispatched an armed sheriff. <laughs> so, you know, the yeah. friendly schoolmarm look, uh, it, the mask quickly falls, the veil drops, as you say, um, when she's feeling uh, a bit of rage. And, and look, um, it's been a rough week or so for Jason Kenney and the media. No yeah. surprise there. The media hate conservatives. I think Jason and Kenney has made it easy for the media to take shots at him in the last week with his behind-the-scenes weirdness with other candidates. Completely unnecessary in my mind. But I, I think that my own sense of Alberta, and I'm not there as much as I'd like to be anymore, is that it's just too too far gone uh, that that really they would vote for almost anyone just to get rid of the carbon taxing oil patch destroying NDP. I, I just think that 
no matter how brutal the, the campaign is to, to Jason Kenney and the UCP, I think they're going to win anyways. I do too. Um, with regard to Jason Kenney, um, for all of his pandering to the media and denouncing people the media wanted him to denounce, they sure don't like him. <laughs> and they're sure willing to do whatever they can to help Rachel Notley and the NDP win this next election. But I think there's a strong sentiment, much like in the dying days of um, Alison Redford's PC government and then Jim Prentice's PC government, that Albertans are desperate for something different and they're willing to vote for just about anything mm -hmm. just to get that change. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. We'll follow it closely. I'm so glad that you're on this beat. You have owned the Rachel Notley NDP file more than any other reporter in Alberta. I'm so pleased that a few months ago you were joined in Calgary by Kean Bexty, who's really come along as a reporter. And he's bro broken some great stories. A few months, uh, about a month ago, he broke the story of Darren Billis, a senior cabinet minister in Rachel Notley's government, and you know, not paying alimony, his wife accusing him under oath of drug abuse, uh, an affair with uh, a senior uh, NDP MLA, like just crazy, crazy stuff. Um, I'm glad you guys are there. You'll cover it hard. And I yeah. just finished reading your new book called Stop Notley, The Case for Throwing Out the NDP. It's a quick read, which is good because everybody's busy these days. It's just 25,000 words. Uh, I like it. And uh, don't give it all away, but give, give folks maybe a one-minute summary. What's in your new book, Stop Notley? Well, the new book, I suppose the motivation for the new book is the same as the motivation for the old book, The Destroyers. Uh, we just can't trust the mainstream media to accurately give us the NDP record. Um, so I documented the NDP record. We documented stuff that the mainstream media has either underreported or refuses to report. You mentioned Kean's expose on Darren Billis. Um, in that expose, he discovered um, the use of caucus resources, namely um, Heather Mack, Sandra Jansen's chief of staff that attended court hearings of Darren Billis and his uh soon to be or now currently ex-wife. That wasn't covered in the mainstream media. You and I covered the story of Value Creation Inc., which was um, basically a fraudulent press announcement by Rachel Notley, who promised to give uh, nearly half a billion dollars to a company that hasn't done anything, that went broke 10 years ago, and has a technology that nobody thinks will work. Um, it's that sort of stuff um, that's in the book. Um, it's a sort of a redocumentation of the NDP's uh, biggest failures and um, some of the things or much of the things that the mainstream media refuses to report. Yeah, I mean, the subtitle says it all, the case for throwing out the NDP. Well, I'm really excited about that book. And, um, you know, tradition, I mean, I've written a number of books. Uh, for example, I wrote books uh, for uh, McClellan and Stewart, which is now owned by Penguin Random House, huge publisher, one of the world's biggest publishers, in fact. And I remember being on a book tour when I did Ethical Oil, when I did Shakedown, and they would set up a, a media tour for me, uh, including a lot of CBC venues and a lot of you know newspaper editorial boards, and you would do the circuit. I know, Sheila, that the CBC will not have you on to talk about your book, not even to attack you. Um, because you could hold your own and it would spread the word about your book. I am certain in advance that 
only maybe a few folks in talk radio or a few sort of internet YouTubers or whatnot. I know no other mainstream media would have you on. And even if they were friends of yours working at different newspapers, their editors would blacklist you. I know this. So we've come up with an idea to promote your book that I think is very appropriate for the season. And that is lawn signs promoting the book. And I like the look of them. And you and Kean have taken delivery of thousands of these lawn signs. And they promote the book. I, I can't think of anyone else who's promoted a book with a lawn sign, but I think it's a great idea. What do you think? I think it's a brilliant idea. I'm glad we had it. Um, yeah, with regard to uh, there, the fact that there will be a near complete mainstream media blackout with regard to my book. I had two Canadian bestsellers before this, The Destroyers and uh, a David Suzuki, auto, not an autobiography, a David Suzuki biography. Um, both of those were Canadian bestsellers. They didn't make it on any official bestseller list because they basically blacklisted us. So we have to have a bit of a guerrilla marketing campaign with the new book. Um, and like everything we do here at The Rebel, we have to rely on our viewers and our supporters for help. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I love about the lawn signs. They are a great way for people to show support for us, to show their interest in stopping Notley and promoting the book. And they can get those lawn signs at stopnotley.com. That's right, stopnotley.com. Now I wanna say, of course, a lot of viewers of this uh, video we're in right now will be outside of Alberta and we want to reserve the yep. lawn signs for Albertans. And I'm sorry for folks in other provinces who want one of those lawn signs as a souvenir. If there are any left after, the, after we're done, the project will make them available. But please understand uh, that the focus of this book, of course, as the subtitle says, the case for throwing out the NDP. Um, so if folks want to get the book, they can get it on Amazon. You can get the lawn sign. You can get both of those things at stopnotley.com. I'm really excited about it, and I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to predict you're going to have your third national bestseller on your hands, and I encourage everyone to take a look at it. Last word to you, Sheila. I think you're right, Ezra. I think this is going to be a phenomenally successful book, and I think the success of my book falls squarely on the mainstream media and their complete and total abdication of their duty to bring Canadians and Albertans the full story. Yeah. I think you're right. Well, there you have it, Sheila Gunn-Reed, our Alberta Bureau Chief and the author of the new book that is literally debuting tonight on Amazon, and you can find out how to get it by going to stopnotly.com. Thanks, my friend. Thanks, Ezra. All right, stay with us. More ahead on The Rebel. Welcome back. I'm sorry I was away yesterday, but I'm back all week. Thank you for sticking around. On my monologue Friday about Tommy Robinson losing his case against the Cambridgeshire police, Deborah writes, Tommy and his family need to get out of the UK. The whole system is stacked against him. Yes, I, I've heard that countless times, and I myself sometimes think it. But if you know Tommy, you know he, he, that's like, you know, he's as British... 100 generations in, in the UK. He, he, it's almost like he could survive nowhere else. He's just British. He just, I don't even think he would know what to do in any other country. He's so essentially British. And why should he leave his own country? Robbie writes, the video Tommy filed pretty much spoke for itself. Tommy should crowdfund and appeal. You're talking about when the Cambridgeshire police just ordered Tommy with his kids to get out of a pub 
and then ordered them to leave the city. It was incredible. I've never seen anything like that in North America. It really did remind me of some sort of deep south Jim Crow law era segregation, you know, mean cop in Mississippi burning or something. That's what I thought of. Michael writes, I'm just glad Ezra got out of there without the judge putting him in the dungeon. (laughs) Yeah, I was live tweeting as if I was in Canada or the United States. I was live tweeting freely. By the way, I've done the same thing from the Old Bailey and the Royal Courts of Justice in the UK before without any problem. But the judge stopped things three times to wag her finger at me and say, don't you offer any opinions at all. I asked her, was there any particular tweet? And she just said, no opinions allowed. I've just never heard of that before. You're not allowed to have any opinion on what you see in court. You just got to be a court reporter. What's the point? Anyhow, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm scared about the UK, uh, but I see news just, was it today or yesterday, that the Justice Committee in Parliament is now going to reopen the censorship provisions of the Canadian Human Rights Act, Section 13, that was repealed by Stephen Harper. Uh, the Liberals want to... Uh, Rev that up again. They want to bring internet censorship back. I'll do a story on that later this week. So yeah, we're only about five minutes behind the UK in terms of censorship. Well, that's our story for today. Please head on over to stopnotley.com. Get a copy of Sheila's book. If you're from Alberta, get one of our lawn signs. I'm afraid if you're not in Alberta, we want to keep them just for the Albertans, uh, at least for a while. When the project's over, you can, you can have them. But you can imagine, we have 5,000 lawn signs. We want to give them to Albertans first. All right, folks, that's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, to you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.